What is the biggest problem affecting your PDR business? What is the one thing holding you back from taking the next step? What do you need to change to get the business growth you want? All these questions have the same answer. It's your mindset. My name is Corey Kleinfeld, and this is the PDR Coach Podcast, where I coach you on mindset around yourself and your PDR business. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the PDR Coach Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have a special guest. This tech started with Dent Wizard uh, back in 2007. He did a lot of route work for them in Virginia, Maryland, and Florida, but he had something unique about um, him working for Dent Wizard. Every time he started a new route for them, Hale seemed to follow him wherever he went. So he took that as a sign. In 2011, he went full-time Hale um, for the Dent Wizard. Um, ended up leaving in 2014 to start his own business, Chasing Hale. And now in early 2020, right before COVID started, actually, I believe he started his own business in Jacksonville, Florida, and is absolutely crushing it. So we're here to talk about that, his journey, and so many other things with you guys. Welcome to the podcast, Ian Lamb George. Actually, Ian George Lamb. but Ian George, oh my gosh, I got to redo that whole thing. No, no I don't. don't. We'll leave it. We screw up. I just wanted to – I thought you said Lamb was your middle name. No, Lamb's my last name. Lamb's so. your last name. Okay. So, guys, welcome <laughs> to the podcast, Ian George Lamb. It sounded funny when I said it, too. And <laughs> oh, man. It's we're right. all, what's up, Let's man? Say, How's it going? <laughs> Ian George Lamb. Like, so, you, I am – no. So it, it gets confusing. It's, it's a non, non-typical name. Oh, so. That's funny. Well, man. Okay, so how I start every podcast, usually without butchering the person's name, that's usually key to it. Um, but after that, how did you get into PDR? How'd that journey start with Dent Wizard? How'd you find them? Let's let's start there. Well, I I started out. At, I'll take it back to basically graduate high school after spending most of my senior year of high school just working on Jeep, but uh, when. <laughs> York and I was going for physics mechanical engineering because I wanted to design cars and just began working on my CJ7 and then uh, didn't do all that well in state school but went to WyoTech near Pittsburgh. Uh, I was top of my class, got hired as a cosmetic supervisor with CarMax right out of right out of WyoTech and it was it was the first time they had ever hired anyone directly into management from a tech school. And I was the youngest manager in CarMax history at that point. This was back in 2004, but uh, that didn't work out. It's the only job I've ever been fired from uh, <laughs> for almost two years. And while I was there, there was, there was Dent Wizard. They, they were at the CarMax and, you know, seeing the numbers they were, they were putting in, I was like, man, they're doing pretty good. And then at the time, Dent Wizard, out of that CarMax because it wasn't worth their time. It, it sounds funny now, but mm-hmm. back then, you said it was given that I heard at least. <laughs> and uh, there's a there's a few dent guys that came into that that uh, that CarMax and started working independently. Uh, there's Jerry Hurd. He was he was one of my one of the one of the people who just blew me away with what he was capable of. Uh, and there's Brian Neely, um, Bryce Rockhill. They're they're all vendors. Mm-hmm there and uh between between all of them they gave me some old tools another guy named rick green but he's he's not on social media much but uh they all gave me some some old tools i didn't use a hood with hail damage and basic understanding and uh i i tried and i could, I could make a dent look okay but it wasn't great but fast forward get fired from carmax go to work for a body shop dent wizard guy comes in and i believe it was matt phones and he fixed a hail car in like two hours and built $2,600. I was like, all right, I've got to do this. There's it, it, the money just drew me in. Plus it was something unique that I never really understood. And then left that body shop, went to debt wizard training, came back, worked in Northern Virginia, um, and then had a route in Maryland and then had to take over my route in Northern Virginia and my route in Maryland and then pick up more accounts. And it got, got crazy for a while. And then, Okay, I'm going to pause you right there. I'm going to pause you before we get too far down the journey because we're going to we're going to take some some side roads on there. So you and I talked okay. a little bit before um, about just how how ego can control us in our businesses and our life and our route in the hail world, whatever. So yep. I just want to go step. You you mentioned this, but and I remember you telling me this the other day too. But but you kind of passed over it. So Carmax hired you um, as the first 
you were so you were the first person in the in the history of CarMax to be hired directly to the manager position. Did I hear that right? Yep, to a management position. It was it was on the low end of management, but it was still management at age nineteen. So so that that didn't affect you at all. It didn't make you feel amazing or or super powerful or anything. Huh? <laughs> that well, I was I was kind of a dick growing up. So uh, <laughs> I'll admit I was. I wasn't the nicest of kids and uh, it's taken me a long time to, to relearn a lot of those ways, but, but I mean, yeah, CarMax I mean, hiring you as the first manager ever to write into management without having to start as a detailer or a touch up guy or a dent guy or anything that played into the fact that you believe that you were great or meant to be great <laughs> or you deserve to be the manager right out of high school, basically. Yep. Yeah. And uh, when you have a, a detailer who's been detailing for 35 years and you're trying to t- do detailed process, it, it, yeah, it was, it was a lot of, it was a lot of headaches. So, <laughs> so then, so then that ended up, like you said, you, and then another thing you said that you kind of passed over, that's the only job you ever got fired from. So, so if you could talk about that for a second, so how did, how did you go from, you know, right out of high school, first manager, even low, low on the totem pole manager, but first time ever hired a manager directly to that position to get fired. What happened in between that space there? Well, with, when I went to WyoTech, I ended up taking the, the business management course and the accounting teacher for the business management course there actually quit in the middle of the, of the semester, I guess you'd call it. And I was the only one who knew accounting. So I was going to school at WyoTech and then I was also a peer tutor to help kids with, you know, the, the schoolwork. So I ended up teaching accounting while I was going to school. So that was another one where it's like, oh, well, you, you know, boosted ego right there in school. But uh, I got to CarMax and then I was supposed to be supposed to be trained on how to be a cosmetic supervisor for six months. And the, the guy who was a cosmetic supervisor is supposed to train me. He quit after six weeks of training me. And they said, nah, you've got to figure it out. Just go ahead. And that didn't work out well. So I, I started out, I was a uh, daytime shift and I had the weekends off. It was great. And then they put me on the beginning of the week night shift. So I worked Sunday night through Wednesday night. That was great. Then you have Thursday, Friday and Saturday. You go, wow, 20 some years old, got a three day week. It was great. And then they moved me to the end of the week shift, which was Wednesday through Saturday night. And you got off Sunday morning, but, uh, the CarMax I was at, it was, it was the largest CarMax in the country at the time. There was a, a used car store, a certified car, a certified brand store, and then their reconditioning center. And at one point, they were up to reconditioning 500 some cars a week. So it was, it was a thing to try to manage, and they basically had their own way of doing it instead of the CarMax way. And it changed constantly, and I was young and cocky, and I was trying to do it the way I was supposed to do it. Looking back, it, I, I don't think there's any way I could have done it any better with, with what I knew. So, But uh, it went from trying to make the right decisions to not making the decisions they wanted me to make. And then they you know, they wrote me up and all that. And then once I was written up, I'd have to get approval from my manager for anything more than a, a certain amount for a repair. Yeah. Well, my manager was a daytime manager. So I'd, there'd be times it'd be 2.30 in the morning and I'd have to call my manager, wake him up. <laughs> a repair order asking him what to do and then he would tell me what to do and I mean it was three four times a week I'd have to call this guy up and wake him up and then it, it just it just kept going that way you know working 90 hour weeks it was it was insane and uh yeah. I, I don't miss it one bit yeah and for sure so I mean I have a belief and I've talked about this before and people like to hear it but everything you can make everything happen um, for you in life instead of to you. So obviously um, having that happen to you kind of potentially prompted you to go to the Dent Wizard School. And now it's created this life that you have, that you have now. So went to Dent Wizard School, got the training and you did a lot of route work. You said Virginia, Maryland, and Florida. And every time you started a route up to go, you know, get the dealerships and all that stuff, you got hailed on. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. I started in uh, Northern Virginia. Uh, my first account was a Porsche Audi dealer in Tyson's corner, which is, it's kind of funny. It was right across the street from Dent Masters where Paul Cordon was. Mm. So uh, to have that as competition back then, I didn't know it. It was just, Oh, that's Dent Masters, whatever. And 
you know, the owner, Brad, he was a nice guy and all, but now looking back, it's like, wow, I had that tremendous resource within a couple hundred yards where I was working all the time. But yeah, I started out there and was working there. First two months out of training, I'm, I'm crushing it. And then they went in-house two months after. So, you know, I, two months in, I'm making all this money. I buy a motorcycle. I do all kinds of stuff. And, and then I slapped in the face of, hey, you know, credit isn't the way to do things. You just bought this credit thinking you could pay it off this summer. Well, now your job's, you're making a quarter of what you're making. And you're only three months into the job. Mm. But uh, mm. not long after that, management change, I ended up working my way back into that dealership. And a hailstorm hit, wiped the whole dealership, and the manager trusted me. So obviously, we did the hail there. And then the next year, I was working in, in uh, Rockville, Maryland at the Lexus dealer and had a few other dealerships there. And what happens? Hailstorm wipes through Rockville. <laughs> uh, the next year, it, it wipes through another area of uh, basically Northern Virginia. But the one big body shop I had was now being managed by the owner of the body shop I worked for after CarMax before mm-hmm. working for Blizzard. So it was I, everywhere I went, but he was always hailing and it, and it just made, you know, I, I started out hating hail because it took forever. You know, I just wanted to do big dents and then I finally got good at hail. I was like, oh no, this is, this is kind of nice. It's, I just build out $1,800 in an hour and a half. This, oh, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, the manager I had in, in Northern Virginia, we just, we did not get along well at all. And uh, the original manager I had in Northern Virginia had moved to Miami. And so I called them up and said, hey, if you've got a spot down there, I'd like to move. And, and you're still way. working for Dent Wizard at this time, moving yep. around all the country. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah, this was with Dent Wizard. So uh-huh. then I moved to Fort Lauderdale. But while I was in Northern Virginia, I think I was a top billing tech most of the time. Um, it was probably eight out of 10, eight or 10 months out of the year. I was the top billing tech for the region, mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. but, uh, moved down to Fort Lauderdale and it was great, you know, making good money, living near the beach. And my now wife, she would fly down to visit me or I'd fly up to visit her once a month. So it was, it was nice. Uh, and then it was so anyway, so you so you you're you're going around the Dent Wizard. You're following every time you go somewhere. Hail hail starts or hail yep. falls on you every time. So yep. if you ever need hail to fall, if you want to come to Northern California, Sacramento specifically, that'd be fantastic. We can get some hail. <laughs> um, but uh, at some point, you end up leaving Dent Wizard and actually going to work yep. on your own. I didn't hear anything in this little in the kind of the story you were telling me there why you would leave Dent Wizard. It sounded like things are going pretty well. What what was that what? story? Why'd you leave? When I moved to Fort Lauderdale, Western Florida got hit that year. So mm-hmm. it was the, I had the BMW body shop. Mm-hmm. Everybody BMW and Weston, it went to this body shop. And there's there's at least a dozen dealerships that just got wiped as hail. So I, it was one of the weekends my now wife had come to visit. I think it was in July or August. And uh, she's like, hail on Weston, see you tomorrow morning at Toyota. So we go over there. And the first thing she said is, I already put your paperwork in. I know you're not going to want to do route after this because she and I talked plenty of times about doing hail. So fix the hail there. Everything's great. Switch to the hail team. Um, my first real hail storm as a hail tech was uh, West Springfield, Massachusetts. That was about a decade ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, And then working for the hail team, the first full year I had, the first storm I was on, it was insane the numbers I was pulling in, but I was there for like three weeks. And then I then I went on some rougher storms after that, but I was, I was doing great, making great money, but every year I'd make within three to $5,000 of the last year, no matter how much harder I worked, I always made like dead on the, like I, I could tell you by, okay, it's February. I'm going to make this much this year. And it three years in a row of it basically was like, okay, I need to, I need to change this. And then uh, 2014 got to work on a storm and ended up, getting meningitis it, and uh called up i think it was i think it was todd yannick i can't remember who was the manager at the time but called them up and said hey listen i need three days make sure i'm not gonna die and then i'll be back to work well it was consequently the same week that the body shop i was working at the owner and the staff had each scheduled scheduled a week's worth of work but separately so they were doubled up that week and it was the week where i've got meningitis and 
I don't even remember the three days. I was just in my RV, sweating like crazy, pounding down pills, just to try to keep my temperature down. And uh, I get back to work, and they're like, "Yeah, um, you're you're out of here. They had to get someone to fill you in." It's like, "What do you mean? I've, you know, I've worked this body shop for almost a year, two years ago, and I'm, you know, what what's going on?" They're like, "Oh, well, they had to pull someone off the store to bring them here because of you." I'm like. I almost died. Like what in the world? Jeez. And uh, so the, the storm that I was supposed to go to after that, uh, it was in Virginia. It was at a, a Honda dealership that had 300 cars that had been having a hail sale for, for a month already. And another company had already worked it for a month. So I was like, <laughs> this is, this is not going to be any. And so uh, there's a, a really bad storm near Reading, Pennsylvania. And I told myself if Dent was ever sent me there, I'd quit. Well, I quit and I went there and I made more in two months than I ever made in an entire year working for NetWizard. So that was kind of the, yep, yeah, this is what I was supposed to have done. And uh, it was, it was a huge difference in pay and the independence was great. And it just, it just felt right to do. And uh, I've done some work for NetWizard since then, but not, yeah. not a whole so, so talk about the thought process going through making those changes. Cause like, obviously again, you're, you're talking about these things, but these are big moments in, in your, yep. in your life, obviously. Right. Um, yep. Where you're making big, massive decisions, whether it's switching from route to hail work and then um, going from, you know, dent wizard hail to your own business on hail. So what, what goes through your head of making those, making those, are you just like to the point where you're fed up? Or is there other reasons why you're doing it? And how do you, how do you go about making those decisions with, you know, in your life, those big decisions? Well, back then it was, back then it was mainly about the money. That's all I saw was numbers. I wanted to make more money and want to make more money. But being type one diabetic, having health insurance was a major factor with that. Then uh, mm-hmm. when I first started with dental, you know, full benefits, health, life, dental vision, everything included. It's like 150 bucks a month. So that's, not bad, whatever. I can make a good living, not pay much for, uh, for, for insurance. Nice. And then year that I quit that wizard, it was after, I think it was after Obamacare and everything gone through. So finding insurance on my own would have been extremely expensive, but my wife at the time, just girlfriend, she never, no, we got engaged first. Now we got engaged after I quit. Never mind. But, uh, she had insurance through her company and since she worked for a large insurance company, it, us living together for six months, I qualified to be on her insurance. So her insurance costs went up $400 a month, but I could literally quadruple our income. It's like, <laughs> let's, let's go. That, let's go. That once, once I had the comfort of having health insurance, I knew that I could leave and, and try to find my way and I'd be okay. So Awesome. Um, so you, you talked about money a couple of times. You talked about buying that motorcycle earlier and you talked about, again, most of your decisions being based off of money. And I can, I can relate to that. Um, being in those situations, chasing, chasing something that I thought would be a better situation money-wise and not taking into consideration so many other things. So, so you talk about that. I know we're very similar on our philosophies of money. Um, I know that I'm not, I'm not on the hail trail. I've never run a hailstorm or been in a hailstorm um but it is a whether it's a stereotype or a real life scenario that there's hail guys that struggle with money um because it's a lot of money at for you know for a period of time and then three to five months of no money so just talk about your philosophy of money then how it's changed and then potentially if there's any advice you have to help people in the hail world not get in situations that make them make life decisions based off of earning a couple more dollars? Well, the, the money side of things, it's, I've, I've been in debt since I was a teenager and I've always had, always had people that gave me good advice. Like, Hey, don't go into debt, you know, make sure you pay down your debt. You know, don't, don't bite off more than you can chew all that. But I was, I always found a way to make things work and working for Dent Wizard, you know, my, my W2s, they showed great income. So Mm -hmm. I could literally, my name on anything I wanted and I could have it and I always made enough to cover the payments so whatever I'll just sign and I can have it and I'll pay it off later and years and years of that finally added up to the point where two years ago uh, we were we were in Maryland and because health insurance was getting absolutely insane uh, 
my wife had had her quit her job so we could travel the country together and do mm-hmm. hail and, and spend more time together and see the country together and all that. But uh, doing that, I bought a bigger RV so we had more stuff to live in. And it was, I think it was end of December 2017. And it was just absolutely bitter cold. We were trying to rehab our house so that way it was a nice house for us to live in. And we were starting to get sick of winter. It was the absolute coldest it had been in forever. I remember trying to drain the tanks on the RV, and they froze before it even got out to the valve. It's like, this is insane. The tanks are full. We can't use anything in the house because the house is tore apart. Uh, what are we going to do? Oh. And I got, I got sick of it. I said, we're going to Florida. And we go to Florida, and we use a company called Escapees, which is great for full-time RVers. You, have a, you can have an actual address in uh, South Dakota, Texas, or Florida, which are all uh, great states for for businesses to be in mm, and also yes. for but we chose florida because we had to travel the country and they had ppo plans available at the time but they were also cheaper because the health plan we were going to have in maryland was the deductible or the the premium was going to be about sixteen hundred dollars a month the deductible is about 30 grand a year and they weren't for half the medical supplies i need for being a type 1 diabetic so i'm going to spend Know, 60 grand and get nothing we got to find something else so got our address with escapees became florida residents and went down to florida mid-january 2018 just because sick of the cold it'd be cheaper to spend the winter in florida and get down there in my bank account yeah i got plenty enough to make it till the lc's be all right and then uh end of february comes and i'm like where'd my, most of my money go on and then end of march it I'm looking at the bank and I'm like, I'm not going to make it to the end of the month and we're going to have absolutely nothing like this. What have I done? And I, I finally sat down and forever, I'd never had a budget, never paid attention to any of it. Always had enough in the bank. I'll figure it out. And I looked at everything we had and I said, wow, I'm completely dead broke. And I'm an idiot. I've got all this stuff that's going to, that's all going to go away soon. And, you know, had the panic attack and all that. And, and then it was like, okay, I'm never doing this again. I've got to get out of this. And uh, there's a few people down in Florida who helped me have some work to get through until a hailstorm hit. And uh, Todd Hunt, he's one of those techs. He, he put me on a deal. It made a few hundred bucks, but it it was a few hundred bucks more than I had and helped me out greatly. Mm-hmm. Bryce Kelly, he used some some wholesalers who, who gave me some work. Another one, just they don't realize it, but those few hundred dollars made made the difference from making it from – disaster to just making it and then uh wow. then there's a, a small hailstorm hit up in jacksonville i knew some people up here who had who had to shop and uh came up worked with them and fell in love with the area um the the people that that i worked for we we did not do well together um personnel did not mesh uh that they, they probably never will and uh so that that kind of changed that aspect, but uh, I won't get into that too much. That's, yeah, different story. That's, that's but uh, anyways, we fell in love with the area. Um, we gave them a one-year commitment and said, you know, if things are working out great, we'll stay on and help you grow your business. After the one year, I was ready to go do hail again and uh, get back on the hail trail. So all last year, travel around, just working on anything I can to put money in the bank. Ended up being my best year ever. And it was the hardest damage I've ever worked on. But I sold our house in, in 2018. So that got rid of a bunch of debt there. Um, and then sold my motorcycle, even though I owned it outright. It was still a hassle to try to tote it around all over the country with RV we had. Sure. And plus having to pay insurance every month on it. So got rid of that, paid off a little bit more debt. And then worked my butt off last year, paid off, paid off, a bunch, paid off our truck we had paid down credit cards a good bit and then uh got rid of the rental property that we had which that was an absolute nightmare and then this year uh, sold the truck paid off her car and a credit card and now all we have left is an rv and a credit card but we're hoping to get into a house soon which means we can sell the rv and then all we'll have left is literally just a credit card and we'll have cut my debt by by at least 95%. So 
I was I was close to half a million dollars in debt two years ago. Wow. Have just a credit card that's worth maybe what a, a decent used car would be. And yeah. I'll, but to go from having almost five figures a month just to get by to oh, I get by on a couple grand a month, whatever, you know, you, you sleep so much better. I mean, I actually hit my head hits the pillow and I wake up the next day and that's mostly how it goes. Whereas before it'd be lay down. Okay. This is going to hit the bank. Oh, I got this coming out. I can do this. All of this. And that constant just buzz about money. Just, Oh, I, I, I don't, I never want it again. <laughs> so I hear so. the stories. I mean, I, I run a route um, and I, yep. I own a house and no RV and all that stuff. So my life is just a, a lot different than a lot of hill guys, but is I hear the stories and I, and it, is it, is it a common thing for that, for that to be the situation for hail guys where they get to what February, March. And they're like, hopefully hail comes soon. Cause I'm about yep. out of money. That it, Okay. So what, how do you, if I know finding that or having that moment where you're like, Holy shit, I have a half a million dollars in debt. And I can barely afford like that. That's a great way to change your life, obviously. But any advice for people that can potentially make some change without having to get to that, get to that point <laughs> yeah don't do that that's uh that don't you're gonna see a lot of people on facebook with a lot of nice things and you're gonna see a lot of dent guys who have you know the brand new truck the big toy haulers you know motorcycle you're gonna see all of that and you're gonna want that because you see somebody has that but what you don't see is like my situation you know two years ago people would have seen me on the internet and think on facebook and think man this guy's got it but really the bank had it. I was just hoping to get it one day, you know, uh, that's, it's, and you, you said it's, you had people in your life that when you started the money conversation, you said you had people in life that gave you great advice. Don't get into debt, save, you know, whatever, yep. save 10% of your money for retirement, whatever you're, you're obviously you're a young kid, younger, at least than you are now. Um, what stopped it? What stopped you? I mean, if I guess you can go back to the ego a little bit on that. Is that you're like, I got it. I'll, I'll, I'll be fine. You guys, you guys do your way. I'll do mine. Pretty much, yeah. As young cocky kid who could do whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted. It seemed like uh, made more money than the average person my age, and you know, just mm-hmm. I could do whatever I wanted. I could figure it out somehow, and you can only figure it out so somehow for so long before it all just piles up and says this is what you've been trying to figure out. It's not working. And uh, if, if anyone's ever had that one winter where they're like, Oh man, I hope it hails soon. That should be the biggest wake, wake up call they've ever had is if you're worried about the weather to be able to make money, you're making a horrible decision because you, there's been years in the past where it hasn't hailed until June. So if mm-hmm. it's March and I hope it hails soon, next thing you know, you're going to body shops, you're doing dents that you never would before for money that you never accept and you you value yourself to the point where you're just, you're forcing yourself to struggle to get to that hailstorm. And that's, that's not what you want to do. It's absolutely, I mean, you can figure. Yeah. Straight from the hail guy who was a half a million dollars in debt and has since changed that. I think that's a big, I mean, that's a big recommendation right? from somebody who's been there, done that, lived it and took this, honestly, the big struggle it takes to actually, you know, claw yourself back out of that hole that you could, that you built yourself, you know? Um, The reason we're able to have this conversation now, this might be a tough conversation for even people to listen to. It's like, I don't know, like I'm talking about ego, talking about this, all the thing, like, obviously you've come a long way in that area and just being able to talk about those decisions you made in the past and things like that means that you have, some control. We all have an ego. Ego is super important. It's what makes us um, great. It's what makes us say where we can do great work and build a big business, but also it has to be in check at some point. It's a balance, right? And it sounds like you've accomplished a lot of that. Um, Just being able to have this conversation um, around it. So um, how'd you get there? Like what, 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 what things happened in your life or people that you met that were you able to say, okay, I'm not the best at everything in the world. I'm not the, you know, hired as a manager right out of high school person. I'm not the best hail guy there ever was. Maybe I should have walked across the street and talked to Paul Corden, whatever it was. Like, how did that change? And, and 
and when did like when did that change? Basically, that began to change when I realized I was just a dumb dink guy. You know, I was I was one of those dumb dink guys who was you know, just blowing money left and right, and it, I I thought I knew what I was doing and all that. And looking back on it, you know, the the price guide when Paul Corden came out with that, it was like, yeah, whatever, no one's gonna pay that price. I'm I'm doing it's fine. I can price it and sell it. And now I've got I've got two price guides sitting next to me. They're, they're, <laughs> but it's a standard, and it's. You know that's the, that's how I price things now, and it it just makes it work. I mean, it, you can be the best sales guy in the world, but if you're just pulling numbers from nowhere, customers still look at you like, well, "What are you? Where are you getting that from?" I don't understand. I don't see the value. I don't see how this is structured. Whereas if you create that structure, then they can make sense with it. And then if they want to go price check with someone else, when that other guy's, you know, you got you quote someone say five hundred bucks, and they go to the other guy and they say, "Ah, I, I could probably get." That out for 300 well how do you come up with 300 ah you know it might take me a little while but i'm, I'm pretty sure i can get it well, this guy said it'd be 500 oh he's he's just expensive because he, he thinks he's the best or whatever mm-hmm. it's like no it's, it's 500 because you know that's a steve that's a you know a, a seven inch dent and it's and it's in a body line you know stuff charges and stuff it, that's what it's going to be boom there you go whereas the other guy's like oh yeah i don't worry about it, it it just makes yourself so much more professional. But uh, then, you know, like Keith and uh, Keith and Shane, their podcasts, I, I I catch myself now listening to them because there's certain topics where it's like, man, I should have listened to them. Why wasn't I listening to this before? But back when I was a hail tech, you know, I'm making great money. Nobody can tell me anything. I can fix anything you put in front of me. Why am I going to listen to these guys? Oh, they're just selling glue tabs, you know, they, whatever. And looking back, it's like, no, these guys have already gotten past that point where I was, figured things out, and they were doing well, and they were trying to help everyone. And I was just scoffing them. It's like, well, after after years of being that dumb dent guy, it's finally just like, all right, dumbass, what have you? What have been? What has been working for these other successful people that you've been disregarding? Why aren't you paying attention to that? Why don't you go pay attention to that? Why don't you start listening to these people that have this advice? and implement it and it works so i mean to go from just knowing everything to admitting i don't know anything and trying something different and seeing the result it just one it makes life a lot easier and two it's just it just makes sense once you do it so yeah man i mean you can be you can you you want to think you're the best you want your customers to think you're best that's not that's not something that is bad necessarily that that's where the ego plays a good a good role in life but there's also always something to learn from everybody else right there's everybody okay. else has something to teach you and that's when the ego is in check you can be the best but always open to learning more always open to listening to the podcast or to talking to other people and say hey how do you handle this situation and they tell you and you can say okay that's a great idea or like, oh, okay, maybe that's that's not something I should I need to implement, or or I already do that, or something. But you're always constantly learning. That's why the MTE is great. That's why going to the coaching seminars before the MTE is great, and going to like all the things that they have to offer is like you can be the best in your area. You can be a phenomenal tech, but it doesn't mean that there isn't always more to learn and grow and change. Um, and that's a big part. I mean, you and I are connected through, through a, a group, a private group that we're involved in with a bunch of dent guys kind of basically having conversations, masterminding and things like that. And so that's basically a situation where a lot of good dent guys, good people are coming together and say, Hey, wh- like, what else can I learn? Right. That's the, that's the point of why I'm doing this. That's the point of other podcasts. That's the point of coaching is like, how can I constantly improve and make myself better? Even though I'm great, I know I'm good, but like, how can I get a little bit more? And that kind of leads into what you're doing now. Um, you've left the hail trail at the beginning of this year. I think you said, you waited right till after MTE to start, which was, you know, January, February or whatever. And then one month into your business that you started, I think in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, COVID hit. Um, but you're last we talked, you're crushing it down there. So you are, you, you started, you left the hail trail, you started a, your own route. You have your ego in check. You're learning as much as you can from other people. You adopted the price guide. You are hiring people to help you with this, you, all that stuff. So let's talk about, like all that journey that you went through and all that stuff has kind of gotten you to this point. 
where things are going really well. Maybe you'll settle down by a house and all that stuff. So just talk about where you are and how you kind of got that business off the ground so quickly in what, six, seven months, even during so, COVID. Well, I think, I think COVID down here, you can, you know, the essential workers can still work. So COVID I think was actually a great benefit to starting my business down here is because I was still able to go out and work. And then, you know, the people who were working from home, now they had a chance to have their cars fixed. So I'm, I'm quite sure there was other, other companies in the area that shrank back on their advertising. And I, I knew that was going to happen. And I, it kind of comes from the, the Grant Cardone um, books a little bit. Say when everybody's starting to shrink back, that's when you need to, you know, launch forward. And uh, so I, I just knew it. Like, all right, we got to hammer an advertising. We got to get it out there. Everybody has to know. And it, I couldn't believe how much work I was getting from it. But uh, I also kept my prices on the lower end just because, one, I was new. I knew if I kept my prices lower, I'd have more clients. i get my name out, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it was a lot of hard work for a couple of months. And then I could start pulling, pulling back to a price guide and get my numbers a little higher. But, but, uh, but anyways, I, I started the business last year in, in anticipation of settling down here. My wife and I, we'd, you know, we'd, we'd traveled the country. We'd seen just about everywhere except for the Pacific time zone. And since most of our family's on the East Coast, we said, you know what? We like Jacksonville best. Let's just go back there and we'll just do our thing there and see how it goes. And if it goes great, then obviously we'll stay. But um, we opened the doors, so to say, near the end of February. So after MTE, we went on a cruise. And that was when, you know, the one cruise was quarantined over, I think it was in China. And we're on a week-long cruise and we're thinking, well, I hope we don't get quarantined when we get back. But they just let everybody off the boat when we got back, which we were flabbergasted at that because everybody on the boat was sick. We're like, I'm pretty sure half this boat has COVID. You're just going to let everybody in the country. All right, great, whatever. But uh, we got back, and then we go get the van and had, the, had bought a van last year, had it wrapped, uh, had the business cards, had everything made. So that way, as soon as we got back, it was like, all right, boom, fire off the advertising, get everything going, and just be ready for it. And it started out, you know, I, I think I handed out 400 business cards in the first couple of weeks. I just, anywhere that, that I could have as a potential wholesale client, they got a business card and uh, just having a, having someone who is amazing at advertising, uh, Lynn, he's Lynn Tang. He, everyone had said, Hey, just use him. He's, yeah, he's, you know, it's, it's, you're going to spend some money having him do your advertising. But I had tried Google adverts before Facebook ads and all that. I, never really did well doing it myself but having someone professionally do your advertising yeah it's going to cost you but that there's no way i could ever let him go i mean it's just the amount of the amount that he can he can do compared to what i can try to figure out on my own it, it yeah it's the it's the higher cost but I, I i have no idea how to do it like he does it so um but having someone like lynn who can just get you on advertising, get your name, you know, right at the top of the list when people start searching your area. Boom. So I got the retail side coming in and then uh, knew some people at some dealerships said, Hey, you know, I'm looking to get in these, looking to get in some of these spots. I, you know, I'd love to be working for you guys. And when another vendor would, would uh, slip up somehow or start not servicing them out well. And you know, that, that one person I know there, I'd be like, Hey, you know, just, just mention me, you know, maybe I can get in there. And then, so then I get my foot in the door in one spot. I, you know, I go in, I, I do what I do what I do. And, and then boom, I pick up that account. And then from that account, I can go, you know, go over to this other one and say, Hey, you know, I'm servicing this dealership. You know, I'd like to service you guys as well. You know, I've got a few days a week I can do this. And so just, just kept going and, and pushing and, you know, great advertisement, working like crazy, doing things that others wouldn't. And it finally, it's finally turned into, okay, I'm scheduling out a little ways. You know, I've got, I've got great communication with my customers. I've got dealerships that are sending me work all the time. Uh, most of them is on a first name basis, go in, talk, you know, sports or, you know, 75 hard or whatever, whatever they want to talk about. It's, they're like friends now, but uh, getting to that point, it, it was a, is completely different from being a hail tech. You know, there's some days where I'd, I'd work my butt off. It's like, man, I made $300 today, but it was, it was so much more fulfilling to go out and work my butt off and do that because I knew I didn't have to worry about packing up and 
driving for 30 hours to go to another storm and wonder what it's going to be like. So um, it's, it's been a lot of hard work to get to this point so far, but that's, that's how I've always worked is work hard, but, uh, but, but it is, it is possible to leave the hail trail, pick a spot and create a business relatively quickly. Like you said, you put you like, Oh, you put a lot of hard work in for three months. Well, I think most, I think if you asked a lot of hail guys and said, Hey, if you plan things right and you do things right and you get your money situation right to where you actually have money when everybody else is pulling back on advertising, you got a couple bucks you can throw into advertising because the last two or three years you spent making yourself not in a half a million dollars in debt, you get your ego in check. So you can hire someone like Lynn. You can implement yep. the pricing guide. You can join a mastermind group to help you get better. You can hire coaches. You do whatever you need to do. Right? So if you could say, Hey, and you got to work hard for three to five months, like really hard, like maybe, maybe a 14 hour, 16 hour day where you make 300 bucks, but you're building something for yourself that you can, that you can have long lasting and that you're not going to have to pack up and leave to go to another storm. And you sold that to them. And you said that to hail guy. I think there'd be a lot less hail guys and there'd be a lot more route techs. Yeah. So it is possible to do as long yep. as you set yourself up correctly to do so. Yeah. Yeah. Last year it was, you know, I had more money going into winter than I've ever had. It was, you know, most winners and I'll, I'll, I'll give that numbers. Yeah, most everybody here, they've, that's been a hail tech. They, they won't talk about their numbers, but I don't, I don't care Me either. Um, but uh, you know, most years would be, you know, 25, 30 grand for winter. That's a good chunk of money. And, you know, I could usually live on that. And then the winter that I went into where it was almost Thanksgiving when I went into winter and by March, I was literally dead broke pulling money out of, you know, retirement accounts and stuff. <laughs> but uh, into that winter, I think I had like 18 grand and it was, okay, this is stupid. But this past year went into winter, had almost 60 in the bank and half the debt. It's like, okay, I feel pretty good, you know? And with the business that I started down here, you know, the van, I could have bought it, put it on a loan. I said, nope, buying a used van, make sure, you know, test drive it, make sure everything's good. And, you know, just buy it. Cash. You know, the average, just buy it, you know, the, the raft, the cars, everything, buy it. So that way, when you go out and you're soliciting body shops or dealerships or retail customers, they can smell blood in the water. So when you're going up like, hey, man, yeah, this would be about a, about a $500 debt. I can, you know, I can knock this out today for you. Versus, yeah, that's that's about a five hundred dollar debt. I can I can probably get that done today. But you can tell the difference in just how I said that. The first one is, hey, yeah, you know, I got got this afternoon. I can fix your debt. Whereas the second one was, yeah, I really gotta get this debt fixed. I got these bills coming. People can tell when you're when you're struggling, even if you don't realize it. And just having that wolf at the door all the time will will just destroy you mentally. But, uh, but no, went into winter more money than I'd ever had for winter paid for the business, just said, this is what I'm doing and set some goals. I said, if I hit this much a month before hail season kicks up, I'm not leaving. And, uh, the, the, the numbers I wanted to hit my first year, like the most I'd make in a month. I did that my first month. So it's like, uh, okay, your goal is now one month goal. All right, let's, I'll, I'll up the goal a little bit. So that, that felt great. That gave confidence. I was like, all right, I can do this. And then COVID hit, and all I can think is, wow, I, I started this business. This business has no financial histories. How am I going to get, you know, the PPP, all this other stuff? And trying to figure that out, I'm going, I, I don't even know how I'd get my numbers straight to even do this. And it's like, well, looks like I'm just going to have to grind it out best I can. And uh, so that made me work harder and uh, keep going. But but then again, like I said, the, you know, my, my one-year goal, I hit that in one month, so that that gave me a huge boost of confidence and you know my five-year goal I might be able to condense that down into a two-year goal now my 10-year goal I might be able to condense that down into a five-year goal but uh it's all because I I had those things in place ahead of time had them planned out wasn't shooting from the hip wasn't hoping on money to come in it's like no the money's there for this purpose not oh I hope I can make enough because then I might be able to do this and it just not having that monkey on your back of debt just gives you so many more possibilities. And then this year, you know, sold my truck that I had, had to, had to fix all the hail that was left on it, which that was, that sucked. But luckily I had some help on that. Um, 
All right, sorry about that. That's my, okay. Uh, like my best account just called and said, "Hey, we've got a client coming in this day. Are you going to be here?" So, <laughs> yep, definitely going that day. I love it. I love it. That's real life. So on on my on my social media today, a lot of people follow me on Instagram, Facebook. I put. Um, that so many people wait to do things until they're perfect. Right? Like I'm, gonna, I'm not going to start doing this or I'm not going to get this set or do that until I got it all dialed in, figured out. Like I'm not going to start my business, not gonna, all that stuff. So currently I'm actually sitting outside right now because my kids are homeschooled and I'm, and they're in the office that I usually use for podcasting. So I'm outside. Um, my air conditioner turned on during part of that or maybe 20 minutes ago, if you heard that. So that was, that was frustrating, but, and you're also actually at work sitting in your truck doing a podcast. It's not perfect conditions. It's never going to be perfect conditions, but what you can do is set your life up in a way that doesn't have to be perfect conditions. You can show up the way you need to show up because you are, you're capable of doing that, whether you're at work, outside, inside, whether conditions are perfect or not. So um, we're back real quick. Oh, it's, we're just wrapping up here. We covered 13 years of your, of your business from dent wizard to the routes to hail to starting your business and all that stuff. I mean, Tons yep. of lessons in this one for everybody straight from the straight from a hail guy on the on the road, um, you know, getting that ego, learning how to, I guess, get that ego in check and learning how to deal with money. Uh, those are two things from an outside perspective for me, just seeing on the Facebook forums and everything that that is an issue that some people have in the hail in the hail space. So hearing it from Ian, um, I think is is important. And you can, you can overcome and build that life and business that you want to have. It's a hundred percent possible for you. It's a hundred percent possible for, for anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's uh there's probably a lot of people on Facebook who, who know me and they're probably like, yeah, that guy's kind of a dick. And uh, I don't blame them. Just and when Facebook puts those memory things up, I was like, wow, I really, I really was kind of a dick. Wow. All right. Well, but uh, I've had to, I've had a, do that a lot lately is put myself in check, realize what the goals are, what I really want to do and not shoot from the hip anymore. So having, having set goals and planning things to go a certain way, obviously you can only plan so much and play through those curveballs, but mm-hmm. being ready for curveballs versus just barely making it. That's, that's something that everyone should be, should try to focus on. So, but yeah, ego there's, there's so much ego on Facebook and we all know Facebook isn't real life. So take that for what it is if you can. And uh, if there's something you don't know and someone's willing to share, obviously listen to them, take, take their advice for what you can. And uh, don't, don't think you're the best all the time. There's, there's always someone out there who's, who's done something better than you or done something you haven't, but uh, it's, it's been a journey for sure. So yeah, far. that's, that's the lesson, man. That's the, that's the biggest takeaway. I think in a situation like this, just hearing your journey, obviously we covered a lot in about an hour's time um, and went through a lot, but that's, that's the biggest lesson. Never be afraid to, uh, to learn more or to grow or to seek help, whether it's, whether it's in money or personal or in your ego or in your business or anything. I mean, there's, there's no shame in doing that. And actually people have a massive amount of respect for that. I think the people that knew Ian 10 years ago and then get the opportunity to listen to this podcast today, will see that and just hear that there's a different, there's a different man there. There's a different, there's a different future that you have in line for yourself just based off of the, you know, the things that you've done in the past and where you're going. Yep. Yeah. I went from, from chasing a dollar and setting my life up. So that way I could go out and you know, chase hail and make a ton of money and all this and you know, get the bigger RVs so we can travel and do all that. And then you finally realize, Hey, all this, all this kind of sucks. Why am I doing this? And then you sit down and you really think about why you're doing anything. And it's, it's crazy to think of why you do anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Even my truck, if that was kind of me for the longest time. Oh, I've got this big, nice truck. And now I, it's, it's weird to think, Oh, what kind of car would I want to have as a fun get around car? Cause I don't need a truck anymore. Chasing, I mean, chasing money. um, The reason why it doesn't work is that, so when you're 20 years old and you say, I can just make 50 grand and have Thursday, Friday, Saturday off, I'll be set. Right. And then you get in the hell world. You're like, if I can just make six figures and then you get the debt, you're like, if I can just make 150 and then it's like, well, if I can just make 
20 grand a month, I'll be good. But the problem is, is that when you, that number is going to constantly change. It always will. The problem is when you get to that number, you still have to bring yourself with you when you get there. So if you don't like yourself or like the person you are, or like the image you're portraying or know that the truck and the trailer and the motorcycle and the, this and all the stuff you're putting on Facebook is all bullshit anyways. When you get yep. to that $150,000 or 20 grand a month mark, you bring yourself there and you're still not happy. That 200K or 100, whatever number you have said doesn't make you happy because you're not happy. You, you still bring yourself there. So what you need yep. to do is work on that, the ego in check, working on getting that money situation, working on just like being able to take advice from other people and, and just becoming a different person. Then when you set those goals and you get there, you could be happy doing it. Like you said, you, if you had to go down and make it five grand a month, you'd still be happy. You want to make 20 grand a month. That's great. But it doesn't mean you're unhappy at five or then happy at 20. So that's a big lesson. Yep. Yeah. Money, money will not make you happy. Making yourself happy will make you money eventually though. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the difference maker. So that's the title of the podcast. <laughs> I just decided it. Well, I appreciate you coming on, man, um, and and sharing that stuff. I think you know some of that stuff could be definitely difficult to talk about, but I think when you talk about the difficult things, is when you help when you can actually help the most people. So that's why we're that's what we're here to do. And I appreciate you coming on, sharing all that, and um, best of luck. Yeah, have me. Hopefully, this helps somebody. If anybody has any questions, I'd be glad to answer them. And I'm I'm just glad there's there's a media that this can be brought out and help people. So um, thank you for, for giving me the opportunity to, to share today. hundred percent, man. Talk soon. Sounds good. Okay. Real quick before you hear the outro of the podcast, um, we recorded this podcast two weeks ago. Ian reached back out to me and said, I have, I have one more thing I want. I wanted to let everybody know that I didn't get into the podcast. So um, something that he used as a way to help him overcome hurdles, uh, the hurdles that were um, in front of him, or actually he said, the things that helped him overcome the hurdles that we place in front of ourselves, which is so true. He said, these steps, write down the goal in big, bold letters on the top of a page, of a blank page. Then make a list of reasons why you can't achieve it. Then start going after your goal. Review your list every day. When you overcome a reason why it can't be done, cross it out with a red pen and write excuse next to it. Then when you reach your goal, file away the list to review the next time you find yourself thinking that you can't achieve something. So that's uh, directly from Ian. I think that's fantastic. I may start trying to do that for particular goals that you um, put hurdles in front of and feel like you can't uh, you can't get over it. So thanks for that, Ian. And now for the end of the podcast, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the PDR Coach Podcast. If you got any value from this podcast and want to do something for me, then the best way to do that is to subscribe to the podcast and give me a rating and review. If you want to know more about me, then you can find me on Instagram by searching for The PDR Coach or find me on my website at coachcoryk.com, C-O-R-Y-K.com. Thank you for listening, and I'll be back next week.